What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. What's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the official podcast of HockeyRoyalty.com. I can get real used to saying that, guys. I, I really <laughs> got awesome. it. <laughs> it does. It does. Uh, so I'm Scott Kinville, and before we get going, we want to let you know that you can find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Hockey underscore Royalty and also at Royalty underscore Pod. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Hockey Royalty. So we got a really fun show for you lined up tonight. We we're going to have a guest. Our guest was going to be Tony Ferrari, but uh, something's come up. And so he has promised us that he will return to the land of hockey royalty soon, whenever he can. But it doesn't matter because we've got such a fun show lined up anyways. And what we're going to be talking about is the draft. You know, Motley Crue once said, girls, girls, girls. Well, we're going to be talking about drafts, drafts, drafts. And it's going to be us three, the all-star panel, as you will, for hockey royalty. And I'm going to bring those guys in right now. First of all, I want to bring in the guy who's got the hardest job at HockeyRoyalty.com. He's the guy that makes sure we don't screw up in our articles, crosses all the, the, the T's, dots the I's for us. He is the guru of the English language. He is the one and the only, Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on, Ryan? Scott, you come up with the best stuff on the fly. I love it. I'm doing well, fine, by the way. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I try. You know, I, I try sometimes, <laughs> but, uh, you know. <laughs> and up next, our other partner in crime, if you will. Now, this guy is the king of analytics for all things HockeyRoyalty.com. He is the Count of Corsi. He is the Prince of Fenwick. He's the one and the only Mr. Russell Morgan. What's happening, Russ? What's going on, fellas? Ready uh, for, uh, <laughs> yeah, like you said, the drafts are coming. we got the expansion. Fast drafts. Yeah. Oh, man. This is this is going to be nuts. I mean, we got – so let's say uh, today's July 20th. It's Tuesday. So – you know, since there's several drafts coming up, let's start talking about the first one. That's going to be, uh, well, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll probably have already happened. But Wednesday night, July 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then you guys can figure out your own time zones. I'm not going to figure that out. <laughs> <Top of head. laughs> However, 
<laughs> uh, it's going to be the expansion draft where the Seattle Kraken will officially enter with their team. So what we're going to do is we're going to go with a little bit of roundtable discussion here. We're going to get our thoughts on uh, certain surprises we'll start with that are available that well that are going to be available to the Kraken. Ryan, I'm going to start with you. What names jump out at you from that list? I thought <clears throat> thought it was a little. I mean, I'll say odd, but that's not the right word. Um, uh, it was odd that the Kings protected Dustin Brown. Uh, you know, I put out an article of the value as leadership, which I do stand by, but, um, you know, got one year left, uh, be 37 in November. I felt like they could have left him exposed and just fine. Um, you know, I, some other people mentioning to me that, you know, Kings don't have a lot of forwards to protect, but you know, you got Athanasio out there got Carl Grunstrom, where I still have not given up on, um, you know, a couple guys out there that maybe I thought you could have protected, uh, instead of Brown, but overall it was probably about what you expected. And, um, I think everybody's favorite defenseman, Kale Clegg was left exposed. So we'll see how that goes tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, it's making me kind of nervous. What do you think, Russ? Yeah. I think the Brown situation was probably, I guess, quote unquote, the most surprising situation of the expansion draft from a King's standpoint. Um, I will say, I, I know we can talk about how, Brown led the team in scoring last year. He's still a really good commodity for the team going forward, but he only has one year left. I will say if, if Seattle would have taken him, they probably could have used him as a trade as trade bait throughout the season. So I'm sure Rob Blake kind of figured, okay, I don't want to lose that commodity. I mean, as a team, we want his goal scoring next season and maybe even going forward, but then we just lose a, a really good trade ship at the deadline that Seattle could potentially use and flip him to a, a team contending for a Stanley Cup. So, but besides all that, I mean, pretty cut and dry. It was something we kind of all expect expected with them going 7-3-1, protecting Cal Peterson, the three defensemen, Dowdy, uh, Roy, and Walker, and then the seven fours that they protected, including uh, Trevor Moore and Leah Sanderson, I guess, were the more fringe players in that group. You know, though, I, I, I got a little different theory about that as far as Brownie goes. Uh, one, I actually like the fact that they protected him because – to me, that's kind of a, a tip of the hat, everything he's done for the organization, right? And, you know, I think if you're going to project yourself as a team going forward, that you're going to take care of your players as long as they take care of you, then these are the kind of little things that you have to do. And you guys know just how worried I am about the Kraken taking Cal Clegg. I'm keeping me up at night. I, I just, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so finally, the long nightmare is going to be over free throw night one way or another. But I think this is actually a pretty smart move because what it does, if you're protecting Brown, that means one more forward is going to be available for practice. And for the, let's face it, the Kings are overloaded at forward as it is, right? So if you could put another name out there that maybe entices them just a little bit more towards that player and keeps them away from Clegg, then you know what? I Honestly, I think it, it would hurt much less if they say the Kraken were to take a, a Blake Lazat or, you know, even, you know, like Austin Wagner. Those are the popular names that are getting thrown around, right? Or Carl Brunson, like you had mentioned, Ryan. I think it would hurt the Kings less if one of those guys got taken as opposed to Cal Clay. It's my opinion. I think, I think we can throw – it seems like Cal Clay is like the popular name that we've talked about throughout the that funny little meme the other day and got some good tractions. <laughs> people seem to enjoy that. But Yeah, that was good. Um, that was good. Yeah, but uh, – <laughs> 
Yeah, it would be kind of tough to lose Kale Clay. He's a second-round pick. He's he's shown really well in, in Ontario and even in this, this short little stint uh, with the NHL, um, the 18 games he played this past season. But uh, I, I have a feeling that they're going to be picking uh, a forward. And it seems like it, they might be leaning towards Blake Lazat. And the reason I say Blake Lazat is because he they have a really strong analytics department up in Seattle that they're building. Ron Francis is great GM. He's been around the league for quite some time. And it seems like they're more of a forward thinking franchise that you want to start with. Um, and Blake Lazat puts up some pretty good analytic numbers. Uh, he, he's one of the better forwards in terms of course. He's one of the better forwards and the goal expected goal four percentage. Uh, the only problem is he just has like one of the worst shooting percentages on the team. So if he ever is able to find that uh, finishing touch, then he can be a, a viable third, fourth line option. But I mean, if you look around the league, there's really not many. I mean, when when the Kraken comes to the Kings, they're going to just be looking for either depth pieces or trade chips, and that's kind of what they expect to maybe get from if they do pick like a Kale Clegg or Blake Lazat or maybe even an Austin Wagner. Well, you know, you just said something about the uh, the Kraken are building a very strong analytics department, in your words. So, have they offered you a job yet? I was just going to say, I think <laughs> Russ has been hired. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. No, unfortunately not. So, you know what makes me nervous about losing Clegg is that Clegg is the best option they have as far as young players coming up through the pipeline at left D. They, they're yeah. loaded at right D. They're really loaded there. But left D is really thin. And, and I think to lose Clegg would mean that they're going to have to make another move this offseason to help shore up the defense. I mean, uh, let's be honest. I think a lot of people are like, you know, that we're overreacting that we're about to lose, you know, the next Roman Yossi, but the <laughs> <laughs> okay. fact of the matter is Clegg has eventually produced offensively at every stop that he's been at. I don't think he got really a fair shake last year. I think he spent like what, two weeks on the taxi squad before he was ultimately demoted or I'll say option down for lack of a better word. Uh, to Ontario for the rest of the season as their final, um, <laughs> you know, roster move. Um, and I think he finished the year with like seven points in the final five games down there. Uh, they're all assists, but still. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't you expect look- your, your defenseman to score 30 goals a, a year for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, come yeah, on, you're Scott. You're really- setting the bar way too low. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for a Kings defenseman, but yeah, if you're looking yeah, for a good future piece for a franchise that's just starting, I mean, Kale Clegg, I mean, he's he's young. I mean, he's, he like like we mentioned, he's barely even cracked the NHL. Uh, I, someone mentioned to me on Twitter, and I want to throw him out there because he actually opened my eyes to it. Carlos Feliciano at Celos Feliciano. He mentioned that if they did get Kale Clegg and he didn't crack the roster, then they'd have to put him on waivers. And that's something that a lot of teams, or the Kraken especially, obviously, they're going to have to think about when they draft these players, is if they don't make the roster, are they good enough to, or are they, I guess, I don't want to say not good enough, but is a team going to want to snatch them up if they do get placed on waivers? I mean, you they draft K.O. Clegg, send him on waivers to uh, the AHL, and then the Kings just pick him right back up. I mean, I don't see... I don't see that happening. I can see Kale Clegg actually making the roster because he's he does have some future potential to his game. But it's just a it's just another aspect that they have to think about when they pick these their team. Crack the crack, and I, I like it. I think you're going to see a lot of weird things. I think you're going to see players picked and then flipped. I mean, there's a, a new report out there that 
I think it's from Dave Paniota. I'm reading this on air, but, uh, you know, a few teams are interested in the goalies available in the expansion draft and have dis- discussed selecting them and then flipping them with the Kraken. So they might start to wheel and deal just like Vegas was doing. And uh, it was kind of interesting. You guys have all seen on Twitter the the models that people have, have come up with, uh, their players taken and the points produced, uh, you know, uh, on paper, the Kraken are looking like a hundred point team right out of the gate. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how much weight you can put into that. No, I know. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, no, like, I know. <laughs> but it, it, it's well, yeah. interesting. Yeah, if you like, it, like I thought of that too. Like, imagine they just pick the best players, just say screw this, the salary cap, and just say, hey, we're just going to go for it for one year, and then say we're, we'll just figure it out later. But yeah, I mean, if they wanted to take Carey Price and. Vladimir Tarasenko and Gabriel signed Gabriel Landeskog to a ridiculous contract. I mean, yeah, they obviously could, but I mean, I think they they're thinking more long term. Um, but yeah, you, you made a great point, Ryan, that they've been talking to teams about trying to grab them, uh, grab players, and then flip them. And Vladimir Tarasenko is a perfect example of that. I mean, if you could pick him up and then flip him to a team that is willing to give you like some pretty good assets for him. I mean, why not? That's that's going to be a good one. But I know there's some other good players in St. Louis. I think I think either Jaden Swartz or Vince Dunn would be uh, the pick for the Kraken out of that team. But yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of interesting movement come tomorrow, and it should be some good television for the debut for ESPN and their new contract. Well, I'll tell you what, it can't be any worse than the award show that was on NBCSN. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know, I got a theory, too, surprisingly enough, right, about what you guys were just talking about, how, you know, models are projecting the Kraken to be a 100-point team. Listen, when the Vegas Golden Knights came in, all of these same models projected them to be like a 65, 68-point team, and they'll be damned if they're going to be wrong this time. So they're like, well, yeah. let's shoot high. And, yeah, exactly. and, then, and everybody will, will be so so surprised, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, that's funny. You guys bring up there. There is a lot of big names out there on that list. I mean, Gabe Landeskog, for starters. I mean, I, I actually wrote down a few of them. We were just talking. Uh, yeah. Gabe Landeskog, uh, Carey Price, of course, Vladimir Tarasenko. Tampa is going to be standing to lose a very good player at one point or another. They got uh, Andres Plot, Alex Kalorn, Yanni Gord, just right. on waivers. Um, mm-hmm. Jordan Eberle, Josh Bailey from the Islanders. The directions that the Kraken can go is amazing. It, it really is. But, you know, there's one thing I do want to point out. I was actually asked by a couple of people, like, well, why wouldn't they just grab Landeskog? Well, because the thing is, with guys going into unrestricted free agency, the only advantage the Kraken have by grab, or by drafting them is they'll be able to offer them an eight-year deal instead of a seven. Just because yeah. they're drafted by the Kraken mm-hmm. doesn't automatically mean they have to sign with them. So right. that's kind of mm-hmm. a little misnomer I wanted to clear up, just, you know. Because it can yeah, be confusing with all the different rules involved, you know? They can't just pluck an Alex Ovechkin and just say, oh, yeah, he's on our team now. Right. <laughs> right. He's got to be willing to side with him, you know? Exactly. That's the thing. Like, I could see Landeskog returning to, her, uh, I guess, uh, the Kraken passing, taking someone like a JT Comfer instead of Landeskog just because of that contract status is really unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's a, he's a darn good player, but... You know, you don't know uh, how many years you have to commit to them and how many dollars, too. Well, I think yeah. with Landis, uh, you're definitely looking at a max contract. Oh, definitely. I the agree. Guy wants to get paid. And you know what? Yeah. He's earned it. He, he really has. And I'm very surprised that Colorado let that drag out as long as they did. I don't you know. know. I, feel like now, I've, I, I just have a hunch he's bluffing. I, why would you want to leave Nathan McKinnon? You have Nathan McKinnon setting you up 
And it's I'll tell I mean, you why. Go ahead. This this one's a no brainer, right? So uh-huh. the guy has been the heart and the soul of that team for almost ten years. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nico Ratton is now making nine point two five million. Nate McKinnon, even though is going to take a hometown discount, he's still going to cash in in two years. Yeah, and the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, Cal McCarr. Mm. So from what I understand from reports, I guess the initial contract that the the Avalanche offered him was like a $5.5 million AAV. You know what? That's kind of a slap in the face if it's true. I mean, I understand wanting to try to keep within the cab and keep things under control. I totally get that. But you don't do that to a guy who's your captain. And like I said, who's been your heart and soul. So you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe he's bluffing a little bit, but maybe he's really like, you know what, guys? You really think that lowly of me that you're going to even think about offering me that contract? Come on. You know, so <laughs> if I were if I were him, I would go right to UFA and say, all right, well, I'm going to go see what I can get anyway. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back to the Avalanche and maybe even takes a little bit of a discount. But if I were him, and I'm sure his agent's telling him, no, 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 you don't sign anything until July 28th. Let's see what's going to be offered to you. And then you can turn around and say to Joe Sackick, hey, this is what I got for an offer. Give me a million less and I'll stay but he's still going to be a rich man out of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, to your point, Scott, he's like this close. And I've got like an inch or two holding up for our listeners. He's like this close to like being on the cusp of winning a Stanley cup. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> and that's on some bad avalanche teams. They're finally good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why I think he's going to eventually end up staying with Colorado. It's just, you're, you're going to leave a team that's, just so stacked with talent and and young talent too. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's not like they're just like they're have like a, this short, small little window. I mean, this team's going to be good for like the next four or five years. I mean, yeah, I, could see, I could see them signing Kale McCarr to like a bridge deal to get them yeah. to that next phase of money. But they still got to pay them. Yeah, I know they do. I'll throw in. I'll <laughs> That's throw gonna in be inevitable, <laughs> you know. And it's gonna be the same time that Cal or as Nathan McKinnon is gonna need to get paid. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing, you know, what everybody said about Colorado. Well, they're gonna be good for years because they're gonna have salary cap space. Guess what? That salary cap space is disappearing in a hurry. And here's yeah. the thing. So you just said it, right? Why would he leave a team that's close to winning a cup? Well, I'm just gonna throw this out there. Now, our LA Kings are supposed to be a legit cup threat within say two to three years. If all the prospects pan out and if the plan goes according to as it should. So would he really be taking that much of a chance if he went to the Kings to say, make, uh, I don't know, two, three million more a year to know that he's going to be on a young upcoming team that eventually could be knocking the Colorado avalanche off the, well, off the mountain. Mm, yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Signing, signing UFAs just never really work out too long-term. That's, that's the thing. I mean, if you're, if he's going to, if he does leave and it's going to be probably for a max deal, probably seven years, $60 million a year. I mean, it's just, you never really see those contracts work out. And it, it like, that's, he'd be, he'd fit right in with the Kings, obviously on the first line, you put him right out there with Kopitar and Brown. That's, that's a really, really great first line and probably one of the best in the Pacific division, but it's just, you, if you're going to have to be paying him a lot of money to do that. And, that's that's a lot of money tied up, like you mentioned, to the young prospects are going to have to needing those big contracts going forward. But here's the thing that the Kings have that the Avalanche don't. They have time because here's the deal, right? Brown's contract's coming off the books at the end of this season. Quickies comes off the following season. Kopitar's comes off after well, the third season, we'll say, right? So there's over $20 million just in three players alone. Now, of course, they're going to re-sign Kopi. I'm sure it'll be at a much lower AAV, 
Okay. But still, in the meantime, all the kids are still going to be on their ELCs. So you've got three years to figure this out. And by the time that three years rolls around, the only big legit contract you're going to have is Dowdy's or Landis mm-hmm. Goggs or whoever, if they want to bring in a big UFA. And keep in mind, by then, the cap should be going up with the TV money rolling in as the league recovers from the pandemic and everything right. else. So there's wiggle room, and there's a lot of it for LA right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pierre LeBrun, he's been he's been uh, tooting the horn, saying that the Kings are probably going to be one of the suitors for Landis Coggs. So, I mean, I could see it happening. Yeah, the the cap space is there. So, if Rob Blake does want to pull the trigger, he's got the money to do so. How with that said, we're going to be competing against Lou Lamoureux in the Islanders' form, I guess, yeah. too, because apparently, <laughs> apparently Lou's hot on his trail, too. <laughs> oh, how, how, their... uh, how awesome would that be, though, if the Kings signed Landis Cog? Just get the fan base really excited. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? And it weakens one of your big opponents in the in the conference. Well, yeah, last year's. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't drop them down to, you know, you know, wild card. Oh, you're talking about the, the entire I'm talking about sorry, the I, was, right. I was thinking division. I'm sorry. No, no. I'm used to the, there... the, the Honda West division. <laughs> yeah. No, let's yeah. just forget that happened. No more <laughs> of that. Come on. <laughs> let's ban that from hockey royalty lexicon. <laughs> uh, so what do you guys think? Was there any other big surprise names that came out uh, for anybody else other than the Kings? We'll get back to them in just a second, but since we're talking about other teams, who really surprised you? Uh, maybe Carey Price being available, which, I mean, it looks like all, by all accounts, you know, Seattle has the, the go-ahead to to um, to select him. Yeah. You know what? I um, found out something tonight that I didn't even realize. Uh, sorry, Ross, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, but go ahead. Go I, want ahead. To say, I want to say this before I forget it. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was actually told that Carey Price's wife is from Seattle. I did not know that. And what people forget is that he grew up in British Columbia. So that's really moving very close to home for him. So it doesn't surprise me that he waived his no move for this. I'm it doesn't. Yeah. I mean I mean it doesn't surprise me either. You're trying to help a team out in the franchise that's you've been with your entire career. But if if Seattle picked Carey Price, that would be such a mistake, I feel like. You're you're helping out Montreal so much. I mean, they have Jake Allen. Either way, it's a win-win for them. Um, they keep Carey Price, and they're whatever. I mean, they still think they have that Stanley Cup window. I don't. I don't know if they're really legit Stanley Cup contender going forward. They kind of. I, I I might piss off a bunch of Canadian fans, but I feel like yeah, I feel like like it was more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like it was more of a flash in the pan this, this season. But uh, you're out of roll this week, just, Cal. Yeah, you're or just. Let's you're, let's, at least, let's at least use a pun. Maybe lightning in a bottle. Hey oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go just ahead. Look, go over the cap. Yeah. Yeah, just to just to go back, I mean to Carey Price, I'm looking at his contract. He's got five years left at ten point five million dollars. He's thirty-three years old. And apparently he's got all these hip issues that why? Why Seattle? I mean, they're it's from a by all accounts, from what everyone's been saying, they're not really trying to contend in the first couple of years. They're trying trying to build a future team. So why would you even just help Montreal out and take on that deal? I think they're probably going to be leaning more towards like, let's say like a Jonathan drew in um, maybe try. I've heard that they might try to sign Philip Deneau, which would be a great signing for them. If they can sign Deneau for 5 million a year, that's a solid second line center that they have going forward. But just taking on Carey price, $10.5 million for your goaltender. When you're, it sounds like they're signing Chris Drieger, to a, they already signed him pretty much. It sounds like to a ten million dollar contract. Mm, 
just it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I'll tell you why. If it's not Carey Price, they're going to have to sign a couple of big name players right off the hop, because Vegas had the advantage when they came into the league. They were the only game in town. The Raiders weren't there yet. There still is no NBA or NBL or MLB team, right? Seattle, the Kraken, have got the Mariners, and they've also got the Seahawks to compete with for the entertainment dollar out there. Mm-hmm. And that's no small competition, especially the Seahawks. I mean, they're beloved out there. Yeah, exactly, Manny. The Seattle Sounders, too. That's right. You know, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. So What's soccer? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, boy. Yep. So not only have we just made Canadians fans mad, we just made a lot of soccer fans mad. But that's okay. <laughs> but what look, I'm saying is. Look after we're done. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm saying is they're going to need to get a big name or two right off the hop because they'll get that first year pass, right? Where it's their inaugural season. Oh yes. It's the Kraken. Uh, This is great. But if they're no good next year, they, they really do run the risk of fading into the background. And especially if the NBA gets their act together and comes back to the city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the next, I think the next NBA destination is probably going to be Vegas, but yeah, I mean, you're totally right. They, They have to have some excitement to build. I mean, they're, all those Seattle Kraken fans are going to be looking at what Vegas did in the first year and just say, yeah. well, I'm, we're not probably going to do that, but we got to <laughs> at least do something here. So, yeah, they're they're going to take on some big names. I mean, Mark Giordano, as I know, is another name that's kind of floated out there as a possible um, player to get, get drafted. But um, they'll build a good they'll build a good team. And I don't I don't think they're going to be as bad as some people think. I think they'll be not, not necessarily contending for a playoff spot, but. I mean, they'll be competitive. Yeah, I think they can certainly be competitive, especially with the Pacific Division looking the way it does. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no – I mean, that's been said a thousand times. So I'm not delivering any news that's you know, nobody knows. But, you know, coming back to our, uh, our L.A. Kings, let's wrap this up by uh, bold predictions. Tomorrow night, who do the Seattle Kraken take from our L.A. Kings? Ryan, you go first. Uh, I'm going to go Kale Clegg much as I, I don't want to. You know, if you hear a loud shrieking of excitement, it's because the, <laughs> the Kraken took Austin Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's going to be, huh? Okay. I thought, it was gonna be, I thought there was a cat out front. Was just just look towards the Chicago suburbs. Yeah. <laughs> it got caught in the jet stream. It's all good. <laughs> How about you, Russ? Oh, yeah. I mean... All season, I thought it'd probably be Kale Clegg. And just this last couple of weeks, I have a feeling they're going to take Blake Lazat. And I I feel like they're going to look back at his stats. <laughs> Ryan's giving a good old fist pump. But uh, I feel like they're going to look at his stats. And he's, I've, I've been, I've been kind of, a, I've been a big Blake Lazat fan all season. He's, he's a really hard worker. He, he really competes. The coaching staff loves him. I mean, he's, he does put, he doesn't really put up a lot of points, but he, he's, just a good fourth line center. I mean, you're starting a NHL franchise. You, that's a really good fan favorite to start with. A, a player who's going to go out there and and work his heart his his heart out and just try to um, make an impact. And that's something Blake Lazat can do. Um, yeah. And so don't don't get favorite. me wrong. I I love Blake Lazat. Like undrafted to making the roster. You know, out of the 2019-2020 season, I think he had what six goals that year, whatever it was, but. Um, you know, there's just not really a spot for him on the next year's roster, the way it looks right now. So maybe he transitions someone into the 
Michael Amadio role if he's not taken tomorrow or what have you um, and, you know, dealt for depth or something midseason, but uh, just kind of a placeholder right now. Mm-hmm. You guys remember that movie, uh, Rudy? Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, is, he is the LA Kings Rudy. Like, you guys remember that movie, dinner. Aladdin? <laughs> well, <laughs> are you are you trying to reference that he might disappear tomorrow? Is that what no, you're just to... uh, as a major movie you just referenced? Like I have never yeah. heard of it. <laughs> well, I'm just saying because you know you guys are so young. I just wanted to make sure you knew about it because it was you know early nineties. You know, so but uh, you know I got to tell you guys something. I don't share the awesome Wagner hate that most do. I kind of accept awesome Wagner for who he is. Right? Mm-hmm. He's a guy who's going to give you a great forecheck. He's going to throw you a few hits a game. Just mm-hmm. don't get your expectations up that he's going to score a lot of goals because it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, do I hope that the Kraken take somebody else other than Cal Clegg? Yes. Do I think that they're going to take Cal Clegg? Yes. Because <laughs> I really think that at the end of the day, he can make their third pairing. And why would you not want to have a, a young kid like that? That, hey, you know what? If it doesn't work out, you can trade him midway through the season or you can do whatever, but at least you give him a shot. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's at the end of the day, what's going to happen is Cal Clegg is going to be wearing a Seattle Kraken sweater. Unfortunately, my opinion, but mm-hmm. anyways, enough expansion draft talk. Let's get to what you guys are really wanting to talk about here. And that would be the NHL entry draft. Uh, first round is going to be this Friday night. Uh, what's that start at eight o'clock, right? Eight, eight uh, Eastern. Eastern. Yeah. Eastern time. Yeah. See, I get screwed up because if, if the listeners forget, we're like in three different time zones here. I'm in the east, Brian's in the central, and Russ is in the Pacific. So we got to be careful with our time zones, right? So I'm on the best coast. <laughs> Weather-wise, that's for sure. Because I right, uh, Russ, Russ is I would, in the Honda West time yeah. zone. <laughs> <laughs> that's the last time I'll reference that. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, first round only this Friday night on ESPN, right? Or ESPN2. It's ESPN2. Uh, two, I think. Nicer ESPN than the two, yeah. front center. Yeah. 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 They, have to, they have to show the Chicago Cubs and the St. Louis Cardinals, both both teams that aren't even above 500. But that's uh, well, that's yeah. that's well, that's okay. Sorry, Ryan would be happy. Anyway, he's a Cubs fan. So, Very but terrible, anyway. Man. Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> yeah, that notwithstanding. Anyways, the uh, the entry draft starts at 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, so, obviously, Buffalo's got the number one pick. Our L.A. Kings are picking number eight. And once again, there is a myriad of options. Now, keep in mind, this year has been like no other draft year because, honestly, it's very hard to get a read on what's available thanks to last year being completely screwed up by COVID as far as some leagues didn't even play, others played a shortened season, you know, so on and so forth. So coming to you, Russ, with that number eight pick, what do you think is going to happen? Well, yeah, they've had that report come out today that uh, Bruce Garroch, the Senators writer, is, is he still report for the Senators? Is that, is that where yes. he's at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He had that report out that the Rob Blake was taking calls on the number eight selection. Um, that's not really a surprise to me. I, that's something that I could definitely see happening. I mean, with the prospect, the amount of prospects that the Kings have already, I mean, and the un- somewhat uncertainty in this draft right now. I mean, that's something that could definitely be an option to bring in some quality talent, but we'd probably dive into that a little bit later. But as, if they did keep the selection, um, I'd be looking for a player. I'd be looking for Kent Johnson out of the University of Min- uh, Michigan. 
I mean, he, he played uh, wing last year with uh, Matty Beneers in the center position, whose projection go top three. Um, really skilled, entertaining player to watch. And when you look at the Kings prospect pool right now, there's really not that many players that show a lot of high-end skill. I mean, or excitement, I guess you could say. Quentin Byfield is a really talented, he's a franchise-building center, um, kind of like an Andre Kopitar. Um, Alex Turcotte is kind of like the workhorse kind of center as well. You have Kupari, Kaliev, who's got a wicked shot. But, I mean, Ken Johnson is a guy out there doing toe drags and dangles all every shift he's on the ice. And he's gotten the comparisons to Trevor Zegras. And Kings fans see what Trevor Zegras was able to do in World Junior Championships this past season and also just in the snippet he got with the Ducks. So when you compare a player like Kenton Johnson – um, with Quentin Byfield or even Kopitar or Villardi. I mean, that's that's a player that could bring a lot of entertainment and a lot of skill to a line, uh, a center position or to a left wing position, possibly. Um, so, yeah, that, that'd be my pick. Interesting. Very interesting. Is there any comparables to what the Kings have right now? I know you said that it's nobody quite like, but I mean, if you're going to compare Kent Johnson to, say, a prospect of the Kings, is he more like a Tyler Madden? Is he kind of like a Kapari? Is that kind of the type of player we're looking at? Or Yeah, Tyler Madden's probably the closest type of player you're looking at. I mean, Tyler Madden's always is, is doing just as much as, as he can is trying to dangle toe drag backhands through the, leg, through the legs and stuff like that. I mean, just as much as you see Ken Johnson doing in his game tape. So, yeah, that'd be a good comparison. But Johnson's a little bit bigger, correct? Yeah, he is. Okay, well, that's good. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what do you think? If he's available and all the defensemen are off the board, the top tier defensemen, I got to take Dylan Gunther. I got to take him. Yeah. You know, uh, 26 mm-hmm. goals last season, 33 assists. Uh, as you noted, Scott, leading the segment off, the WHL had an abbreviated season. He had 24 points in just 12 games. Uh, he was he wore a letter for Team Canada at the U18s in Frisco, Texas. Uh, had four goals, three assists there in seven games. Kind of a Nikita Kucherov comparable player that can just really score and produce a lot of points. Um, that'd be so my guy. Interview? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's already a sponsor of Bud Light. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, if uh, if all the top tier defensemen are gone, I think you got to take uh, best player available. And if he's there, I'm going with Gunther. That's a very mm-hmm. easy decision for me. If if they mm-hmm. still have the pick, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, – you know what? He was one of my picks. I, I really like what the kid brings. But I also think that if he's available, I think the Kings should jump all over Jasper Wallstead. Mm-hmm. I really Absolutely. do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I see there's been some uh, debate about that and uh, out on Twitter that, you know, well, what do the Kings need him for? You got Cal Peterson. Well, let's just keep in mind, though, Wallstead is not going to come over next year. He's not going to be ready next year. He's going to be – he's at least three years away, right? So that'll give us – more. Exactly. That's a minimum, bare minimum, right? So that gives us time to see what Cal can do. Give him those three years and let him run. And, you know, these things have have a way of working themselves out anyway. If Cal is the real deal and he's that good of a goaltender going forward, then, hey, you know what? It gives Wallstead more time to develop which isn't necessarily a bad thing, you know, yeah, but I mean, that's, problem to have. exactly. I mean, if not him and, or Gunther, I would love to see Luke Hughes be available. I don't think it's he's going to be, 
I don't see him getting past New Jersey, to be honest. That's what I was thinking. He's going to, I think no he's going to end up with his brother. Yeah, that's going to be way too irresistible for them. You know, way too <laughs> irresistible. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Wallstead because that's, that's another player that just, it just makes a lot of sense. I mean, we've seen all the, the Kings last couple of draft years where they've drafted centers. They have all the defensemen drafted in the second round with Brock Faber and, and Helga Grimes last couple of years. And, and then Bjornfoy in the last later first round. But yeah, I mean, I mean, like I think about it this way, like if I play a lot of fantasy football, so I don't know if you guys play fantasy football, but yeah, you draft, you're drafting your team. You draft a quarterback, you draft a running back, you draft, you got all these positions filled and you're just waiting for one position. And that's what the Kings are at. They have all these positions filled, but they just go with the kicker. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Kicker first round, but they haven't (laughs) filled that real elite level goaltender position. And yes, for Wallstead, I mean, if he's there, that's, that's another player that I wouldn't mind seeing picked by Los Angeles. That's, that just fills all the holes when you're starting a franchise with, Quentin Byfield, you have all the defensemen that the Kings have with Brock Faber, Hell Grant, go list goes on and on. And then now all of a sudden you have Jesper Wallstadt in that. I mean, that's your future. That's your future right there. I, exactly. I could see a lot of Kings fans being upset with the pick because let's face it, it's not like your flashy offensive playmaker, but you know, uh, the game is kind of went won and lost in net, um, kind of build from the back you know, out to the, to the front, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in five years, it might be like, Oh, okay. This is, this was why we drafted this kid. Mm-hmm. And for anybody yeah. who would question that, all they got to do is look no further than the Florida Panthers. Look what Spencer yeah, Knight exactly. did. Leave frog and Bobrovsky and Drager. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, look at, look at all these goaltenders that are drafting the first round. Vasilevsky, Kerry Price, Margaret Andre Fleury. I mean, it, yeah. it works. It works. It works. Yeah. Exactly. It's it, and you guys hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, it's not the the flashy, sexy pick, but it's the most effective one. You know, so yeah. you guys had referenced uh, an article about the, the Kings possibly be open for business for that eighth or eighth overall pick. Now, obviously, nobody's in in the inside the room, so to speak. We don't know what's going to happen with it. But what do you guys think? Should the Kings either trade up, trade down, or just trade it away? Period. If they do anything with it, that's a big if. I'll come to you first, Ross. Yeah, it's it makes a lot of sense too. Um, we've listed we we all know the amount of prospects that the Kings have, so they're at they're at that point now where they're trying to be contenders and they're trying to vie for a playoff spot. And the Pacific Division isn't going to be that strong next year, so they should. I mean, if the Kings don't make the playoffs next year, that would probably be considered a disappointment in LA. So trading the pick. There's, there's a lot of names that are out there. I mean, I threw out that Jack Eichel argument that got a lot of heat on Twitter. Some people were for it. Some people were against it. Um, I mean, so the Sabres seem to be wanting a, a top 10 pick in return and then with some prospects. So that could be a player. Um, there's another player that's had his name float out there. And I think the Kings, I wouldn't mind trading the eighth overall pick for. Pavel Busnevich. I mean, yeah. that's a... Six foot two left wing who scored. I mean, I don't know. I don't have the stats off front. I don't know if you can pull that up for me, Ryan. But, um, but yeah, yeah he's, he's he's a he's a perennial goal, goal scorer and he's, he's pretty young. So I would definitely trade the eighth overall pick and maybe even a Rasmus Kupari or a, yeah. another high end. Twenty goals, twenty eight assists last season. Yeah, yeah. And how, how many year before that? Do you have that on hand? Yeah, I do. Sixteen and thirty. 
Yeah, and, and how old is he? I don't know, I don't know his age. Sorry, he's twenty. Just turned twenty-six. Yeah, just turned twenty-six. So yeah, I mean, young forward, left wing, could definitely play on the first line. So you pair him with Kopitar. You that that's a, another solid first line. Then you have your second line with Gabe Velarde. I follow Leah Sanderson, Quentin Byfield rounding at the third line. That's that's a playoff team. And that's a playoff team that would be exciting to watch in LA next year. So where's Brownie going to slot in? In the first line. I don't want to break up Kopitar and Brownie. You got to keep that. You got to keep that chemistry. Chemistry there. Yeah, because we got uh, Victor Robertson, like you said, to fit in. I actually think Kellyev should be on the team this year too. But I didn't mean to cut you off there. I'm sorry. Uh, no, sorry. Right. I put Anderson over Arvidsson. Yeah, I forgot about Arvidsson. Yeah, put Arvidsson on the second line. I mean, that, yeah, that's two top six forwards that Rob Blake was looking for in the offseason. And, and it's worth noting that Buchnevich is a, is an RFA this offseason. So. But he has arbitration rights as well. Exactly. So. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Russ kind of touched on it. I, I don't want any more picks, you know, honestly. I don't really want them to trade down necessarily unless it's <laughs> unless it's for like a coal cylinder or something like that. But, uh, you know, I don't – I want proven commodities to come in, you know. Uh, and the two guys that – you saw the report, and it's got to be taken with kind of air quotes, you know, that they're out on Jack Eichel, but, you know, uh, Elliot Friedman, that was his report. He said that GMs tend to lie around this time of year, which, which makes sense. They don't want to show their hand. Um, mm-hmm. But just the like two injury guys, reports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The two guys that I could see that are maybe worth uh, including the first round pick for uh, Sam Reinhart, which you already noted on Connor Garland, the other one from Arizona. I'm not sure what other, what the whole package looks like, uh, for those two guys, but um, I would definitely consider trading away the the first, or excuse me, the the first round pick for either of those guys. Hmm. Well, that's very very interesting. I uh, I'll tell you, I wouldn't mind moving the pick for the right situation. Now, yeah, I like Bouchnevis too, Russ. I don't know if he's worth moving the first round pick for. To be perfectly honest with you, and Connor um, Garland honestly might be a little. Uh, it might That's be a little, a little bit, a, 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 yeah, it's kind That's of a, a reach. Rich. You know, yeah, I mean, there's, and, there's two scenarios. Sorry. No, yeah, sorry to cut you off, Scott. But, yeah, I mean, this is, like we mentioned, this is the this is the year that the Kings could do it. I mean, if, you, if you're if you willing to overpay, Rob Blake's been really good in trades he's done. And we've I, I'll say that, that he really hasn't really overpaid for any player. I mean, we look at the Arvidsson deal. There's just a second and a third right. for a real proven goal scorer. So, right. I mean, if if he did overpay for a player who's proven, I don't think Kings fans would be that upset with it. You, you unless you want to draft. If, if you're really stuck on drafting, let's say like a Luke Hughes falls to you, or or a really high end defenseman, or even I mean, would I want Kent Johnson or maybe trade that pick for Connor Garland, Pavel Buchnevich? I'd rather trade the pick for Connor Garland, Pavel Buchnevich. So I mean, this is the year that the Kings could make that deal. And you know what the irony would be right there is that from what I read, now, of course, it's all rumors, right? So the Rangers are the number two team in on Jack Eichel with Minnesota being the front runners. So the Rangers are looking to upgrade their first round pick to send to Buffalo, right? How ironic would that be if we went out <laughs> traded our first round pick to the Rangers so that they could trade for Jack Eichel and we got Buchnevich out of it? Could you imagine that? The irony? Yeah, there you go. Now, mean, we're, now we're talking. So. <laughs> so here's what I think. There's two scenarios for me that would be acceptable to trade that first round pick. Uh, first of all, I told you guys, I want them to get Jasper Wallstat. 
yeah, I want that. I don't think he gets past Detroit, to be honest. With you. I think Stevie I, no. Steve Eisenman yeah. just takes him in a heartbeat. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we'd still need an elite goaltending prospect. So I would be okay with trading down a few picks, maybe five or six, and taking Sebastian Casa. All right. Mm-hmm. In return, you know, I don't want any more picks this year, just like you guys. I would be content with them stockpiling picks for 2022, 2023, when guess what? They're supposed to be playoff contenders. And what do playoff contenders do at trade deadlines? They trade away picks. They trade away whatever they can to get that one piece that they think they need to move forward. So if they've got extra picks going into 22, 23, you know, so on and so forth, they can still trade away picks and not run the cover dry because they'll have their own picks available as well. So that's one scenario. The other scenario I see is if you can trade that first round pick to get that magical, mythical unicorn of a young, dynamic left-hand defenseman. <laughs> that's where i that's where i think the uh the the bread meets the butter right there um yeah i mean i would love to have Connor garland on the team that would be great it it would be and you know what i obviously guys i'm not opposed to having pavel puchnevich on at all no i I agree that'd be a great pickup but here's the thing you can address that top six need and an unrestricted free agency getting that young dynamic left-hand defenseman not so easy they're going to have to trade mm-hmm. for that. And to trade for that, you're going to need trade chips. And what better trade chips do you have other than your prospects, which I know we don't want to deal? Well, you've got a first-round pick available. Do it. Right? So, I mean, that's that's my take on it. Would you trade the eighth overall pick for, like, a Zach Rowenski? Oh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. It's not, it's going to take more than just the eighth overall pick. It's going to take a prospect yeah. or two. Or, well, absolutely, uh, you make that. You no, know, it seems like Columbus wants a, a a proven NHL player. You know, regardless whether it be Seth Jones or Zach Wierenski. So, which you can do too. No, I you agree. Know. You know, like somebody like a Kempe or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because guys, let's face it: the Kings have just got so many forwards coming through that you're eventually you're 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 trying to put five liters of water into a three liter container, right? And eventually it's just going to overflow and then you've lost it anyhow. So you got to make the best of what you got. I mean, you guys have got great ideas. And like I said, I would not be opposed to having either Garland or Brian Hart, of course, or Buchnevich. But I just think that the easiest way to address that, that left-hand deed is going to be by trading that pick. If, if it becomes necessary. Yeah. So. I, I, the, this draft will be this draft. I think is where we'll see that movement. And I, I don't, I don't see the Kings being big time contenders come uh, free agency. I mean, unless they do want to throw some money at Landis Cog. But like you mentioned, Scott, there's that there's forwards coming, and if you sign another free agency, that's just another roadblock for those forwards to have to try to jump over to get get to the NHL. Um, so trading is where where. They're going to have to make some upgrades. And Rob Blake mentioned that during the virtual state of the franchise this past season. So they've already brought in Arvidsson. Why not use these prospects in this ammo, I guess you can say, to bring in that high-end scoring or even that, like you mentioned, the left, uh, left-handed left defenseman? Yeah. I mean, that's – like I said, I think – that, and that's where, especially if they lose Clegg, that's going to really hurt. It's going to hurt a lot. And, and I think whether, you know, we want to accept it or not, if that should happen and they can't – obviously, they won't be able to trade for that left-hand defenseman if they're not willing to put together, you know, a great package. You're either going to be stuck with McDermott and Mata again, 
maybe Mulberry surprises. Who knows? <laughs> right? But, but otherwise, you know where I'm going with this. It's not going to be pretty on that third pair again. So it, <laughs> it, it got so ugly that Russ disappeared. It's he, he left on us. <laughs> I think I think he went to the bathroom, folks. <laughs> I, I mean, Mott is fine as a, a seventh defenseman, but yeah, they can't trot into the season like that again. Yeah, yeah, not at all, no. not at all. No. So, uh, what do you guys think? Are we going to see any huge surprises from anybody else Friday night? I think so. I think so. This is, Saturday was a lot of fun, and I think it kind of surprised a lot of people in terms of it sounding. It almost turned into like a makeshift trade deadline. Um, with the yeah. roster freeze going yeah. into effect. So those when those trades are coming in, like right at the last five minutes, I mean, like you saw like people all of a sudden, Vancouver, it sounded like Vancouver was doing something. So everyone's like, <laughs> oh, what's Vancouver doing? And what's Dallas doing? And it was just like some Jason Dickinson trade for like a fourth round pick or whatever. You know, some of those like, trickled oh. in. Yeah, some of those trickled in after the, the Yeah, deadline. yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the Ryan Ellis trade dropped in for no and then Noel Patrick goes to Vegas and Cody Glasgow yeah. Glasgow was like wow that okay now we're talking and then Jared McCann got sent to Toronto and now Toronto's exposing him it's just there's a lot of excitement and it's 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 really cool I mean this I will say this week in the NHL has been great for this whole the NHL in its entirety I mean you had that excitement going on Saturday Luke Prokop came out as gay on online which was really exciting and it was really mm-hmm. cool to see Absolutely. the kind of like NHL community kind of support him. And that, that was a really good forward movement for the NHL. And now we have the new ESPN contract kicking in with a new franchise coming in. And this it's, it's, it's going to be fun. Cause I mean, we're talking about a really exciting like seven day window with we have the, yeah. uh, a free agent or I'm sorry, we have um, the draft on Friday and then we have free agency next Wednesday. So really exciting times for the NHL and it's good. Hopefully it brings in some more fans and, I'm excited for it. Yeah, and Russ, oh, you kind of you kind of cut out there for a second, but just, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned it, but we also have the the schedule coming out this this Thursday, and yeah, yeah. we have the AHL schedule coming out this week too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and from what I hear, I guess uh, they did figure out a way to get the Olympics in on that schedule. So, and, and it sounds like they're going to keep some aspect of the the baseball style schedule. You know, whether that be playing in the same state for back to back days or what have you. You know. You know, I actually liked that last year. I, I liked that setup, having the two games in a row. And you know what? I bet you the teams liked it, too, because it really reduces travel. Well, you if, even heard Anze uh, Kopitar say, I think it was in his year-end review. I can't I can't remember. Um, but uh, he said, you know, he's going to bed at like 1230 rather than like 3 a.m. when, you know, we have to fly somewhere and get, get settled and finally go to bed. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm just going to, you know, I got one final thought on Friday night, and this is just going to be a wild, crazy prediction, okay? So we were talking about trading that first-round pick. Well, if you see that first-round pick packaged with a guy like, say, Sean Walker, you might just see the Kings going after Dougie Hamilton in free agency. Don't hold me to it. (laughs) It's just a wild hunch. Imagine that. (laughs) We'll see. So As long as they don't trade for Seth Jones. I'm not on the Seth Jones. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Seth Jones. (laughs) <laughs> oh, any final thoughts on uh, what's coming up, guys? No, uh, your I don't think so. I'm just excited. Fans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've been so excited for this. It, I, I, I will say. I mean, my personal thoughts: if they don't trade the pick by 
Friday, I think they end up keeping it. I don't know. I think that could go down to the wire. Uh, really? You think so? Just because of the way weird things are going, right? I mean, it, who, nobody knows who's going to go where other than the top three. Yeah. So maybe if they're waiting for Wallstead and he's, you know, all of a sudden he's still hanging around. Okay, we're not going to trade this pick right away. But say Detroit grabs him at six and they had their heart set on Wallstead. Okay, now we're in play, right? Can you imagine, or, yeah, if that happens, like, you know, while the draft is happening, you know, the Kings yeah. have traded. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But no, I mean, I, like I said, this is great because absolutely anything can happen. It, it really can. And uh, we just want everybody to know that uh, tune in to HockeyRoyalty.com and all of our social media platforms, be it Facebook, Twitter, for our coverage as things go forward. Because, Ross, I think you hit the nail on the head. Buckle up. This is going to be a really, really fun ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so get, to, get your drinks ready. And uh, like I said, get ready. So... <laughs> So, guys, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. I'm, like I said, looking very forward to uh, covering everything with you guys. Um, you know, the expansion draft is probably going to have happened by the time we come out. So, we'll see how wrong or how right we were. Probably wrong, but oh, oh well. And, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> and happens, gonna, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And we're going to have, our, of course, our entry draft uh, predictions. We'll see if those come true as well. So, we're going to be back with you next week. We're going to recap everything that we talked about, and we'll let you know who the guest is going to be. And our upcoming coach That's right. Perhaps two. You never know. Double the trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, everybody, thanks for listening to us. We really appreciate it. So, for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kinville. Go Kings, go.